conferences, long agendas, big venues, always on your feet, barely getting to see the people that you want to see, and then, of course, the expense. Well, the three of us at Good Morning Hospitality are launching Good Morning Retreats. Our first retreat is this July 8th through the 10th at the Horse Hospitality Training School in Auburn, Alabama. If you go to goodmorningretreats.com, you'll find out more information about our first retreat that we're launching. We have already filled half the slots. We have 20 available and we have about 13 already filled. So make sure you go there, you apply, show your interest, and we'll get you all situated for our first ever Good Morning Retreat. Thanks so much for tuning into the podcast. And now back to the episode. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Hey everyone, I was hoping to get this message put together sooner, but things like this unfortunately take time to set up. I just want to say that the acts of war against Ukraine break my heart, and I know as a prior service member myself that my thoughts and prayers go out to everyone who's fighting the fight that they really shouldn't have to. That being said, we have been working behind the scenes with all of our podcasts and podcast partners to put a fund together in order to pay for any refugee housing and other needs that go alongside that, like food, water, and any clothing needs. Internally, many podcasts in the Hospitality FM network have voluntarily given up sponsorship money in order to donate to the cause and are working on a unified message in order to spread throughout all of our podcasts. So this is me calling out to all of our property manager friends, industry experts, and anyone knowing of those providing lodging for Ukrainian refugees seeking safety. You can contact me directly at will, with one L, W-I-L, at slicktalkmedia.com. We have an internal document that is being updated in real time. So if anyone could share this message within your network, we'd greatly appreciate it. I'm also placing in the show notes a link to our GoFundMe and landing page for Rentals to Rescue. That's rentals.torescue.com, where we're putting funds together in order to, again, provide finances for any of these lodging and relocation needs. So thank you so much for tuning into this quick message. I hope you guys are all well and safe, as I know we have tons of listeners in Ukraine and other countries in in Europe. So thank you so much for tuning in, and I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Good morning, my friend. How are we doing What's today? Up, happy Monday! Happy Monday! Cheers to coffee and and, and Monday mornings. Um, it's a uh, a little uh, quiet this morning because it's just us two. Uh, we're not being joined with our fantastic co-host, Mister Ross, this morning. Uh, so I think you and I are going to have a fun, intimate conversation today. In case he's watching and his son, who's our biggest fan, Oliver. Hi, Oliver. Hi, Good Oliver. Evening. Good evening. Hi, Ross. Good night. Yeah, get ready for bed. Brush your teeth. Um, <laughs> we do have a live viewer on YouTube right now, so it might be them. 
who knows um but hey man how's the weekend what's up what's new what's cracking i'm excited because we're doing a third week slash third episode on money investment you know consolidation in the industry and all this other stuff so it's good yeah it hasn't been i can't remember if it was last week or two weeks ago that we talked about the fact that money was lagging in money and MA was lagging in the hotel space and short-term rentals have gotten pretty much all of it since airbnb ipo'd that has changed that has changed um this past week a lot had happened but before we jump into the hotel side, shout out to Steve Milo. You want to bring that one up real quick, Will? Steve Milo, you, you. Steve Milo of V Trips uh, coming up on Vacasa's heels. They got about two hundred and fifty million in uh, capital, or at least access to capital, to go do a roll up, and in theory. Probably take it public or maybe a, a separate package it up, separate PE firm buys it. But uh, kudos Milo holding out, not selling to Vacasa and uh, creating the, the good competition that the market needs. Yeah, I was gonna say it was getting a little too easy out there. Now now we have now we have a race to watch, which will be interesting. Yeah, Vacasa bought Wyndham and then they bought Turnkey. So they bought out their top two competitors the next one on the list is v trips and it does not look like milo's selling so yeah um and then right behind that casago buddies steve schwab and ryan dame so i uh i don't believe they have any plans to sell either so that's good let let the competition uh remain and and not have a one-trick pony in the industry yeah I want to say not even a competition more. It's just kind of cool to see, you know, the original, I guess, starters and finishers go all the way, you know, from beginning to end instead of just saying, all right, now you're going to go public and we're out. We're on our yachts, sitting on the beach, chilling. Uh, this is going to be interesting to see all the way to completion. So, yeah, some people do it for the money. Some people do it for the competition. Some people do it for the love of the, the space. And yeah. There's nothing wrong with any of them uh, at all, but it's, it is definitely interesting to see, you know, when I started in, in the industry, Milo had maybe a couple hundred just in Florida. Mm. And since then he's bought up fantastic companies like Smoky Mountains with Dave Angotti and, and another 10, 15 companies, I believe, but looks like he's got a war chest to go knock down another, you know, I don't know how long that, how far that's going to go, but a significant amount of companies. <laughs> well, eventually, uh, when uh, recreation rentals gets big enough, we'll maybe roll up in that. That'd be kind of fun. There you go. There you yeah. go. There's a but, vision. But without further ado, today is mostly about hotels, and yeah. it was an active week last week. Where do we want to start? Uh, I I think we should start with Muse. My, one of my one of my favorite peeps All over right. there, at Muse. All right. As, so we got them uh, purchasing Hotel Perfect in order to uh, expand their UK operations. So uh, I think that was an interesting roll-up. I know we talked about tech and other platforms absorbing each other um, in the last two weeks. And so now the hotel side of the industry is uh, 
showing those signs. So it's kind of cool. Yeah. I wish Ross was here to, to give us a little more knowledge on the hotel side, but we miss you, buddy. But this is, I know there's about 70 PMSs out there for short term rentals. I'd have to imagine there's an equal, potentially larger amount for hotels. More. Oh, yeah. And so I'm very familiar with Muse, not too familiar with the company they just acquired, but I'm sure uh, strategically looks like it gets them into a market that they might not have had a big footprint in or, um, you know, I don't know what this, the economics were, if it was a fire sale or if it was, um, you know, strategic alliance. But nonetheless, M&A on the vendor side is bound to happen and it's bound to continue to accelerate. We've seen a good bit of it so far this year in hospitality. When you have so many providers, there's only so many cookies that can yeah. be, uh, <laughs> what's, what's that saying? I'm terrible at sayings. Uh, so many slices of the pie that can go around. There we go. Yeah. No, not cookies. No, no uh, cookies today. <laughs> and, and it, the, the whole market is ripe for some roll-ups. Now, that said, there's a lot of antiquated technology, green screens even. I've been to hotels, I'm sure you have, that still have the dock green screens. And it's... Uh, Marsha and Operas and all the other platforms that are ancient. <laughs> yeah. So, so there's this blend of like the Operas who have probably more units than anybody, mm -hmm. but their tech might be lagging behind some new tech. And then there's new tech that can't break in because switching a PMS is extremely painful. Yeah. But at some point it's bound to happen. It's got to happen. Either the old school guys get a lot better. An easy way to get a lot better is to acquire your competition and then move everyone onto the platform for yeah. them. Um, so I expect that to start happening. You know, people are, especially on the hotel side, still lagging in the revenues, um, you know, hurting a lot more so than our, our friends in the short-term rental space. So there's got to be some good opportunities to purchase right now. Yeah. Um, but let's, uh, do you want to move on to the next headline? Well, I was going to say just with the, the cost part of a hotel, like hotels kind of get, they get uh, used and abused when it comes to pricing on this type of stuff, because as a short-term rental operator, you know, like there's a ton of us that have like that barrier to entry for whether it's property management software, it's all very much lower because it's all web-based. There's nothing to like, there's no real, um, you know, opera setting where you have to like download it to this big server and have this whole server room and fans going and like import, export, create this whole thing. Um, and so I think with that, changing i think a company like muse you know they're they're kind of leading the example of that short-term rental type of software where it's you're, you know you don't really need to create this whole thing it's just you set it up on your laptop and you're off and ready to go um versus opera you know it takes a whole dev team to basically just create one property with 130 rooms or 300 rooms uh type deal so it's going to be interesting to see as uh Muse continues to acquire and grow because I think they're going to be a good leader in that space. Yeah. It's kind of like Salesforce has a bajillion plugins that you can do, but you have to hire experts to do it for mm -hmm. you. Like mm -hmm. it has the most functionality, but it is not easy to build and set up and get, get going. Whereas you can use 
any super cheap CRM that can do 80% of the functionality just can't take you that last 20%. So 100%. yeah. Uh, and it all depends on what, what your needs are, right? If you have a small hotel, that's 20 units, you don't need, you know, big, robust PMS, but if you've got, yeah, you know, 9,000 doors, change the story a little bit. Yeah. Speaking of 9,000 doors, I think the next one, actually, uh, no, it's not, it's not this one. Sorry. We'll make it the next one. Make it the next okay. one. Okay. All right. We'll make it the next one. We'll so, yeah. So 9,000 doors, Apple Leisure Group, super luxury resort space, a good purchase for Hyatt because not only does it push them even further into the luxury side, but vacation travel is where everyone's going and likely in the foreseeable future as business travel will lag leisure. So well done, Hyatt, um, pushing out of cities and into destination markets makes total sense. Um, you know, it adds, I, I, I did some numbers to confirm before the, the webinar today, but the amount of brands that these top hotel companies collect is, is enormous. So Apple, I believe, had seven different brands and Hyatt already had 20. So it puts them at 27 total brands. The only one bigger than that is Marriott at 30 brands. And then you've got Hilton at 18, IHG at 16, and Accor at 10. So the top five parent brands account for 101 subsidiary brands, which is pretty nuts. We, we should yeah. play a, a brand roulette game one day where we say <laughs> a brand and you have to guess or, or not guess, you actually know which one it's assigned to. That'd be fun. That would be actually really fun. I'm this down to do that. that. All right. All right. So I'll let I'll let Corey know our assistant to to help create that with us. It'll be fun. Um, no, that's actually a really good idea. I like that <laughs> brand roulette. That's so fun. Yeah. Cool. No, I uh, well, and it's just you and I were talking before even hitting the live for for the show today. It was just that how how you know you and I are are loyalist to our brand. So we've talked about this too about Marriott and how we are pretty active users, but. At the end of the day, an overall consumer um, of travel in any form, whether they usually use vacation rentals or hotels, it's it's pretty confusing to tell what brands with who. Um, you know, there's one time I stayed at a a Red Lion property, not knowing it was a Red Lion property, and all this other stuff. And then uh, who owns uh, Red Lion? Huh? Who owns Red Lion? Uh, Red Lion does. I think they didn't they go under like. Sinesta bottom. did? Oh, shoot. Okay. Yeah. Never mind. Yeah, that was a while ago. Because, uh, yeah, that's interesting. Because I remember they're going through a big sell-off. They sold one of their, actually their corporate office in Spokane, Washington uh, to Marriott. So it was interesting. Interesting sell. But um, anyways, long story short, for the overall consumer, there's so many brands, 101 brands between the five top hotel companies. Like, that's so much to take in. What does it tell a, you about the market, though? I don't know. I think we're over confusing it in my head. Like, you know, a lot of them are trying to hit different personas and travelers. Uh, you know, granted, there's a lot of different types of destinations, whether it's city, urban, or like we just saw with the with the Apple Leisure is that, you know, destination market. But, you know, I don't think we need 101 brands. Uh, to differentiate a style of a property. 
that's just me. Like you can yeah. fit pretty much like a good chunk of it into probably a little bit less of a confusion. I, I think there's there's two reasons behind it. One, you can't have a Marriott in downtown New York right next door to a Marriott. Yeah. But you can't have a Marriott right next door to a W, right next door to a Weston, right next door to a Ritz Carlton, right next door to you know the other 26 that I didn't name. So yeah. it, it helps create density in a market. But what you also see or, or what is obvious to me, I think, is the the desire for people to not travel and stay in a box chain hotel every time they travel. Like for me, I like boutique brands and the W is a boutique brand. It's one of my favorites, Um, but I also like super boutique brands like Lifehouse, right? Yeah. Or I stayed in the Dean in in Ireland recently. Awesome hotel. Um, You're not going to see that get flagged most likely by a chain because the chains make you do X, Y, and Z and in order to keep the brand standards, it makes sense, but you also kind of lose that cool local feel, design, touch, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it shows the importance of boutique hotels and boutique brands around the world. Yeah. But the big boys want a piece of the pie in, in that case. So, yeah, I, I totally agree. And I, you know, thinking back on my like hotel manager days, thinking about density in the market. I was just like, dang, as you said it, I was thinking about, you know, how we had one owner who owned a IHG, who owned a choice, who owned a best Western, who owned this, this, this in the same city. Um, Thinking, wow, what, what kind of competition is he creating for himself? But then at the end of the day, uh, if he went all IHG, that would make no sense uh, because there wouldn't be enough option or choice in that market versus him having the three different, versions of a brand that's similar to each other uh through different corporations that, that yeah sense. look they do lots of studies before building hotels on where travelers what parts of town people want to stay in just like uh, when's the last time you went to a bar and it was all by itself away from every other bar and restaurant in town just doesn't happen it doesn't make sense to you you want to bounce from one bar to another or one restaurant to a cocktail and whatever so you, you have to build some density in markets and, but at the same time, you can't have two McDonald's next door to one another. They yeah. sell these franchises uh, or licenses to their, their brands. And these owners want all of the traffic for that specific region. And, and rightfully so they're paying good money for it. So, yeah. Um, do, you, do you think, uh, do you think hotels, you know, corporations like Hyatt or, Marriott will end up just not branding these type of boutique properties. They'll just like kind of like the W, even though it's a brand and it's well known for like its signature, you know, look and style and feel. Um, do you think they'll start doing just more independent individuals, but using the same type of kind of credibility that their name carries? Um, so you're talking about, I think, a soft collection and yeah, I mean, they do have soft collections, right? So what's the, What's the Marriott one called? The signature? Uh, the autograph? The autograph collection, yeah. yeah. So you get to keep your brand, you keep your style and feel, but Marriott can help drive you traffic. So Correct. those brands, those hotels, in theory, aren't paying as much as a straight-up Marriott would. 
Yeah. But they still have access as part of a collection or a soft brand uh, to the Marriott Travelers. So, yes, I think that's uh, – in a lot of markets, it, it makes sense. If you're a five-star hotel, but you are next door to a St. Regis and a Ritz, yeah. it's tough to get traffic unless you're part of a big, a big collection or a big brand. Um, so, uh, yes. Okay. Next one. We got Oyo because, uh, you know, we can't talk enough about some good uh, IPO here. So it looks like Oyo picks, uh, picks who they want to go public with. Yeah. This one I'm super interested to dive into the numbers on because that in that says they have a hundred thousand hotels. And these small hotels spread across 80 countries. I know a lot of the Oyo hotels in America are not in the best locations. They're roadside hotels. Their yeah. ADRs are, are super low. Um, and, and I know it's that way for lots of uh, the world. So I can't imagine their revenues the past 18 months are even halfway decent. Well, given didn't they like recently I just saw on Skift or something else that they got rid of like their U S market in general, like they are cutting a lot of markets in order to, I know they, they shut down their, they were trying to break into vacation rentals and they shut that down. So they bought yeah. leisure group out of uh, Amsterdam who had 26,000 doors or something like that. Wow. And uh, They've, they've pretty much shut the doors to all vacation rental activities. From what I understand, I could be wrong there. But you see, you know, Apple selling for multiple billions of dollars. They have 900 doors. Oyo has 9,000. 9,000 doors, yeah. yeah. Oyo has 100,000 hotels, but it's looking at, you know, just over a billion dollar IPO. So that, that well, it says, that, says that they host 100,000 hotels doesn't mean they even own. So like yeah, they don't own any of them. They have rights yeah, to them. They book them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they might own some of them, but it's actually did it say nine billion? They're raising. No, so yeah, they're looking at financing rounds pre-IPO. Uh, this one's one I want to track and, and look at the numbers on. Diving in the numbers on Vacasas and Saunders of the world uh, are are super interesting and. Tebow, Tebow did a great job of the yeah. announcements or, or the breakdown of Vicasa. Uh, so hopefully Tebow will do the same with Oyo when those numbers come out. Uh, so we should uh, we should talk about getting him on to dive into those numbers. That'd be great. I think yeah. a little nice little rental scale up crossover with GMH would be fun. There we go. It's good. Yeah. So the long-awaited hotel IPO is, is here though, and. We knew that, that the market was lagging behind uh, short-term rentals, but it's good to see uh, an IPO on the hotel side. Hopefully it opens up more to come, but it seems right now the if you want to get acquired, the most likely thing you need to build is a brand because there's 101 opportunities out there to, <laughs> to be number 102. Uh, and shoot, man, seven brands with Apple, 9,000 doors is two point something billion dollars. Yeah. Good for them. Good Seriously. for them. 
Well, as uh, as our other co-host Ross would say, you know, I don't think there's a week that we've been wrong so far. We're pretty ahead of the curve when it comes to these predictions and these uh, uh, educated guesses. So he's a confident man. He's a he's, confident, he's a confident very much so. But hey, I think it's kind of cool to see it unfold. You know, as we dive in every week, there's times where I'm like, ah, I don't know if we'll see anything about this, and then you know, here we are three weeks into talking about you know capital fundraise mergers and or yeah m m n a and then ipos so it's like all right well it's happening and and it seems to be something that we're we're able to predict pretty soon compared to uh to the market unless, yeah uh, i wouldn't be surprised to see you know on the heels of this apple purchase some investment go into some soft brands or some collections or some boutiques in hopes that you know in two to five years, they get bought for billion dollar plus valuations. So yeah, for all you boutique hotels out there, keep it up because your day is coming too. Uh, <laughs> but if you want to hold out like our friend Steve Milo did and, and uh, go after the man and, and uh, attack it head on, there's nothing wrong with that either. Seriously, so, makes it fun for us. More content for us to talk about. <laughs> Each his own. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, I'm also going to, I'm going to kind of go into the prediction of, or guess of kind of how like kayak hotels and Lifehouse are partnering up and, and starting to create their own. I think, you know, companies like Muse or whoever, the more of the software service providers are going to start going into that route as well. Start buying and acquiring some of their partners or uh, potential partners that they want to work with and, and start getting a, their hand in both, both cookie jars there. Yeah, that's an interesting one. So, so two other companies that collect brands, Expedia and Booking.com. Uh, Kayak's the first one to break into a brand, uh, yeah. a branded hotel or uh, or a collection. I, I don't know exactly what they're calling it or what, where they're running with it. But who who's next there? Does Airbnb? You know, three years ago, Airbnb was talking about opening up hotels, but they shut mm-hmm. that down. Uh, does Hotel Tonight open up a last-minute booking-only hotel in, in some you know, global transient markets? What uh, an operational nightmare that would be. I can't imagine yeah. being in that. You uh, can't book more than three days in advance. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Predicting your revenue would be insane. Um, no, so yeah, I think that will be something that's going to happen, though. Especially, I don't know what's going to happen. Like, you know, we're getting into September in October, November, which is, uh, you know, dare I say it, potential for lockdowns and restrictions and travels again. And so, uh, I, I'm just saying, you know, don't want to, don't want to be the, the buzzkill here, but, um, you know, with brands like this, they, they have to think of ways to, to, you know, foresee stuff like that. The hurdles are to, are to come. So, yeah, does Expedia launch a Orbitz or Hotwire or Travelocity Hotel? Eh, I wouldn't stay there. <laughs> like it's not my choice. But you know, I, like, I stayed in the kayak. It's awesome. Like there's yeah. So uh, there's no reason that Expedia couldn't pull something off like that. True. Um, so I mean, I I never really associated kayak with luxury travel or or cool sexy boutique brand, but they they pulled it off with with Lifehouse's help, so yeah. I uh, I'm interested to follow that. Um, I also 
Yeah, I think we're pretty open about it. I expect more M&A, particularly on the vendor side and hospitalities. Yeah. And I expect more brands to either raise money or, or uh, get, get bought up. So there's your bold predictions for the next <laughs> however many months until they happen. <laughs> exactly. Awesome. Well, I think that's good. To, uh, good note to end it on for the show. But uh, we also got to say one quick shout out to our good friends at breezeway.io slash GMH. Go check them out. We love them. They're amazing. And uh, if you haven't checked them out, you're missing out. So, uh, my man, it was good to see you again. Hopefully next week we'll have our good friend Michael Ross back on the show. Um, but we got anyone who's listening or watching right now, we actually have quite a good guest lineup coming out uh, in the next uh, week or two. So we'll make an announcement on our social media. So make sure to follow us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram because it's going to be all coming out on those channels before uh, before we get there. So stay tuned and we'll see you guys again next week.